became the sacrifice for everyone. Good morning. We have been studying Stephen's testimony or his defense in front of the Jewish leaders. As you know, Stephen is the one who was stoned uh, and uh, was a servant of the Lord. Matter of fact, he was chosen to be uh, in charge of the kitchen as the disciples began to preach the word and allow someone else to take care of serving food and distributing money so forth. And so those days in Jerusalem were exciting days after the ascension of our Lord. And these events uh, are important to understand the heart of the believer. Now, I've been talking to you about uh, why is it that all of these Peter's sermons after Pentecost and then after Acts chapter 3 uh, when the lame was completely healed of, 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 of uh, his legs came back, his feet and ankle bones and, and uh, at the gate of the beautiful. You remember that beautiful story where Peter and John passed by and said, Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. And so uh, uh, we're dealing with uh, why is it that Peter uh, in his sermons in, in, in many, many places throughout the, the New Testament, the Old Testament is mentioned. And also uh, used, Jesus used the Old Testament many times. Uh, and so, why is it? What is the value of that? And what I'm saying to you is that to, the answer here is to activate the prophetic power of the Word. So let me explain before I go any further. When the Word speaks and calls things that be not as though they were in the future, it's a prophetic utterance. That is what the prophets of the Old Testament did. You know, when you think of Jeremiah, Isaiah, all of them uh, were, were, were Daniel. They were prophets, minor prophets, that God used to uh, speak toward the future. In Genesis, for instance, even God Himself spoke about... Uh, uh, what's going to happen to Abram all his life on Genesis 15? I'm going to use that scripture today. And uh, and so when you when you uh, begin to study the scriptures, uh, there's something that happens in the life of people. Now I have a a good 50 years of Bible study, <laughs> you know, overseas and in, in, uh, in Brazil or Cuba, or Israel, wherever we've been, I'm constantly every day teaching. What is the power of that? What is the meaning of that? What does it mean to do a Bible study? Well, first, it's actually, it activates the prophetic power of the Word because the Word of God has power in it. And when you mention what God has done, and prophets begin to tell what's going to happen in the future, that activates the prophetic power of the Word itself, activates life. And so when when you begin to go to a Bible study like uh, 15 years, people have been going to this Bible study that the, the RBM we conduct in Atlanta, Georgia on Thursday nights. 
All the people in that Bible study are not the same of last year. They have totally changed. Drastically changed. Changed in terms of uh, uh, of life. Changed in terms of uh, who they are. And God has blessed them abundantly. And so I want to sort of uh, cover a little bit here today. And it has to do uh, with specifically today... Uh, what happened uh, in the birthright of Joseph? The birthright. Joseph uh, uh, received the birthright from ja- from his father Jacob. And so, in Stephen's defense, God uses Joseph and works through Joseph in Egypt. You remember that uh, Jacob... Uh, and his sons, the patriarchs, sold Joseph because he was the one that was uh, more, more dearest to Jacob, sold him to, his, to a caravan of, of business people and uh, uh, camels going to Egypt. And they sold that boy to them for 30, 20 pieces of silver. And, and, and then the life of Joseph begins. And so, why Joseph? Why Joseph? That's the first question I have for you today. Why Joseph was chosen out of those 12 sons? Now, Reuben is the oldest one. He should have the birthright. And so, Stephen uses that story. And so, what we're going to do today is to look at the story from our perspective and see the power uh, uh, there because we're dealing with prophetic material. And looking at it and implying and, uh, and, and, and considering it's got to affect your life and my life in a powerful way. And so here it is. Reuben, uh, 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 Reuben uh, was disqualified because he, uh, he, he actually committed incest. And so Reuben was disqualified. And so the birthright fell onto uh, Joseph. And so uh, when God chooses someone, it will be not based on height, on good looks. He chooses based on the heart of that person. Uh, So he chooses the prophetic heart. So the prophetic heart, per se, is essential to understand. Amen? Now, tell me somebody in the Old Testament that had a prophetic heart and God chose them. Well, look at this. Abraham, Noah, Jacob, Isaac, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Hezekiah, Zechariah, Ezekiel. All of them had a prophetic heart. And because of this prophetic heart, they were chosen. Meaning that God chooses very carefully. He doesn't choose uh, uh, everybody. He chooses those who really, really need to be chosen. And so all these men were prophetic voices. Chosen by God. But again, why Joseph? The question comes in again. Why Joseph? Now Joseph uh, 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 had a prophetic heart. 
What do you mean by that? Well, he deciphered dreams. He was uh, overwhelmingly chosen to run Potiphar's house by his gifts. Meaning the wisdom of this young man was overwhelming. The knowledge, the skill of dealing with people was... He, he went to jail and became in charge of the jail in a, in, a, in a time of 12 years. He was in jail for 12 years. So, gained favor in Potiphar's house. In jail, gained favor with the authorities. Became in charge of, of Pharaoh's jail. Discerned dreams of others. Discerned Pharaoh's dream about the future of, of, of Egypt when he discern the dream that a pharaoh had about seven skinny cows and seven, seven fattened cows. And, uh, and he, 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 he uh, came to the revelation that there will be a famine coming, a, a seven-year famine. And so, when you look at all these events in the life of Joseph, you begin to be concerned. How does God choose people? When God chooses people, He empowers them, He renews them, He strengthens them. Acts 7, 9 says this, The patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. So when you are chosen by God and the circumstances come against you, remember God is with you. When you serve God and you call to serve God, there's no circumstances that will completely decimate you. You have to get this today. If God has chosen you, you are going to be a blessing in His hand, and He'll be with you to get you through all the way. Listen, in Genesis 15, God tells him, you're going to live to 175 years. Imagine. Imagine you're sort of a 75 years old. And God says, okay, you've got 100 years to go. That's an interesting thing to live knowing when you're going to die. Isn't that something? And Abraham, Abraham so, but, but I wonder what Abraham said to people around him. Uh, okay, I'm going to just enjoy barbecue ribs as long as I live because it doesn't matter. My blood pressure will not kill me. I'm going to live a hundred years, right? Okay. So, what are his afflictions? Uh, Acts 7.10 says this. Delivered him from all his afflictions. What were the afflictions? Potiphar's wife. Why would a beautiful woman like this come after this young man? Uh, the simple, gentle, tender, sold as a slave boy. He was, uh, he was 17 years old. Twelve years in jail, that's an affliction. Rejected by his brother, that's a greater affliction. Listen. When you have been rejected by your father and your mother and your brothers and mistreated, it causes scars into your subconscious that are difficult to leave you forever. You live with that inside of you until the Lord heals you. By the way, if you have a problem like that, go to Brazil. Because when you go to Brazil, God can heal you there. It's a history of 50 years, a true history. Everybody that's been to Brazil with us in our mission trip, God has healed one way or the other. Now, why is it that God heals in Brazil? It's because we're away from all of our uh, situation, who we are, and our 
traumatic efforts in family and business, and we stop to seek the Lord. So, First Chronicles 5, 2 says this, For Judah prevailed above his brethren. He's talking about Judah the firstborn. And of him, the, of him the chief ruler. See, Judah was the firstborn and the ruler. But the birthright was Joseph's. And right there, you're talking about why would a sin of Judah separate him from the birthright? Because God chose Joseph. Listen, he wasn't the youngest. The youngest was Benjamin. But he, God chose Joseph. Why did God chose Joseph? It's not your business. If God chose, he's chosen. If he picked up Joseph, he is the one. And he will do with Joseph everything he desires. And if you look at this story, and what Stephens is presenting to the Sanhedrin is that when God puts His hand on someone and anoints that someone, it's like it's 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 like Moses. It will be forever until His death. He will be a blessing to thousands, and God will fulfill His promise in His life. Now, realizing who is chosen is also very important, because when you know that you are exposed to that person, your life changes, then it can change more, you can be blessed, and God can choose you. So, uh, how about Ecclesiastics? I found some interesting verses here, okay? How about Ecclesiastes 5.2? It says, Neither was there a man born like unto Joseph, a governor of his brethren, as a stay for the people, whose bones were regarded as Yahweh. Meaning God regarded the bones of Joseph as he rejected his own, as he, as, as he accepted himself. Meaning God had something with Joseph that was overwhelmingly important. By the way, uh, his brothers after the death of Joseph, took his bones and buried with a family plot in Shechem. That's how important it is. And they travel with those bones for many, many miles. But that's how important this young man was to the plan of God for, for Israel. Now, are you getting something out of this? This is what, this is what happened in the past. This is what God did. And this is what God can do in your life also. And here is Stephen going back to the Old Testament and presenting those old priests that were so fleshy, so, so, so uh, separated from the will of God and to just have just crucified the Lord of life, standing majestically with their robes all in their attire, are looking at a testimony of a young man that cut them to the heart. Psalm 105, verses 17 to 20, says, Joseph was laid and armed, and his feet hurt with feathers. Meaning that Joseph suffered. And so when you call of God to fulfill the call of God, 
you have to understand, and I, I didn't know that. I was called of the Lord to be a, an evangelist and without annuity. I didn't know what annuity was, okay? Until, and I never understood the word annuity. But boy, that's annuity. Meaning, you paid. But I, I, I didn't get an annuity. But God called me, and I didn't pay attention to annuity. Why? Because I felt called, empowered, renewed, and strengthened. And so I didn't pay attention to money because God would take care. And He has taken care of my life. And so a famine then struck all Egypt and Canaan. And, and Joseph goes through this. In Acts 7, 11 to 16, Stephen's, which uh, select the information of Joseph's stories to cite, showing the rebellion of the patriarchs. So Joseph's brothers... Uh, uh, God was with Joseph. Uh, but obviously not with his brothers. What is the famine does? What the famine does is that the word came out in Canaan that there's food in Egypt. And so a par first party comes of the brothers to check things out. And they found out who was in charge. But Joseph did not recognize them, or the brothers did not recognize Joseph. They were in the midst of the crowd to get some food, looking at that young man, and they realized that was his brothers, their brothers. And they returned to Egypt. And then Canaan comes in, or Israel, or, or Jacob comes back again the second time, and they then have the meeting with his... Uh, uh, what comes to me is that in the palaces of Pharaoh, they heard a loud cry in the midst of the afternoon, the word says. And he cried desperately in pain and agony for being rejected by his dear brothers. And so, uh, God fulfilled his promises through Joseph. Stephen's on Acts 6.3 is said to be a man of wisdom just as Joseph. God gave favor with the people which made Joseph known to Pharaoh. So it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful story. It's a, just an overwhelming story on how God performs His will in the life of the patriarchs. Now, you probably say, Rick, uh, the patriarchs are growing, developing. There are all kinds of sins in those boys. Bad things they did. But if you look to Joseph, he was a righteous, pure young man. And so Jacob did right. You see, if you have a son or a daughter, you don't know what's going to happen with them. You look at them as if somehow you want them to be like you. But when you give those children to God, God then becomes over, over your spiritual authority. And he chooses them because you surrender and, and gave the children to God to perform his will. When I was uh, born, January 1st, 1944, at 12.05 in the morning, my mother told me this story. I was brought into the service. Every New Year's, uh, 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 there's a service. New Year's Eve, there's a service that begins 11 o'clock in Brazil to 1 o'clock in the New Year's, 1st of January. And so I was born 12.05. By 
I was presented to the church, uh, wrapped on blankets, uh, and as a little baby. And, uh, and my father consecrated me to serve the Lord. And when I look at my family, you know, later on, hey, now to become a pastor, but after so many years, uh, Daniel is a doctor, Renato is a professor, Israel is a taxi driver, but I, I, I was chosen as a, as a, a priest. Now, everything about my life, God has been a part of it from the beginning. And He has covered me, anointed me, strengthened me. You know, it's not easy to be uh, uh, coming to Georgia in 1960. You know, where you come, boy? What are you doing here, boy? And I was tired of being called boy. But that's the way things were in 1960. But that didn't change me from going to college, going to seminary, doing two master's degrees at the University of Georgia, and becoming a full-fledged evangelist in the North Georgia Annual Conference. That had to be God. Because uh, today, if anybody tried, they will never make it. Now, nobody could resist. And I've been standing, preaching in this city of Athens, through this channel now, throughout the world, for close to 40 years, and God is with me. Now, that's the value of presenting your children to God and allowing Him to call your children and choose your children. Have you presented your children to God? Have you presented your grandchildren to God? You need to do that. You need to do during this, this end of the year as you prepare for, instead of going to Atlanta and looking for the light ball to fall from heaven and, 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 and celebrate New Year's, celebrate it by anointing each child in front of the fireplace and presenting them to God. That'll be a beautiful thing for the Lord. Okay, let me close up. I have about five minutes. Stephen, instead of talking about Joseph's prophetic gifts, chose to talk about his brothers. Joseph pointed to have wisdom. His brothers were filled with envy and jealousy. And, and Stephen's presents that to the Sanhedrin. You see, they were, the Sanhedrin were filled with envy and jealousy. They couldn't believe that this young man would have more knowledge than they did. It's just, a, it's just an interesting story. I am the chief priest. How dare you lecture me? Even though young, they were called the patriarchs in his speech. Meaning, he was referring to the Sanhedrin. Pointing to the chief priests being aged and in charge of the events in Israel. The chief priests knew the story. They knew Stephen's story. They understood they were part of it. They are the ones who stoned him. They knew about it. They understood about it. They had stoned many up to this point. And now as they look to this young man, Stephen's, they're about to stone him too. They, they already made up their minds when the lecture began. So you have a clear picture. Brothers, famine and distress. Joseph, power in abundance. Stevens is trying to paint a picture of the land then and now as he speaks to the most powerful group of men in the land. Stevens' purpose was to emphasize 
the brother's lack of favor with God. Let me stop a minute and just say to you, do you have favor with God? Do you have direction from God? I met a young man yesterday who has no idea where God is in his life. And we had a wonderful prayer. And I believe that the prayer for this young man changed his life forever. Why? Because he, he received conviction of the Holy Spirit that he cannot continue to live in the way he is living. And so let me talk to you this morning. <clears throat> Do you have assurance, complete assurance, that the direction that you're going now in your life... Uh, is God's direction? All of us battle with that. What to do or what not to do. But as you study the Scriptures, as we deal with the Scriptures, as we learn from the Scriptures, we come to a conclusion that when we study the Scriptures, we activate the prophetic power of the Word. Say, say with me. We activate the prophetic power of the Word. Say with me. We activate the prophetic power of the Word. Meaning, when you begin to study the Scriptures, look at the life of that which God chose in the Old Testament, it builds you up. It strengthens you. It, it blesses you. It, it causes to you, you to know and clear your mind on what is the will of God from, for your life at that particular moment. You don't somehow make decisions without asking God to come in and say, Father, I need direction right now. Should I do this or not do this? My prayer today is that as you uh, continue with me this, this 9 o'clock in the mornings uh, on this story, uh, I want to tell you that tomorrow I'm going to deal with uh, another chapter of this unbelievable testimony and sermon that Stevens did uh, uh, in Acts chapter 7. It's a long chapter, and tomorrow will be our third time that we lecture on this, on this subject. May God bless you today abundantly. Amen. He gives the joy of His salvation. Oh, God's mercy so amazes me. As I watch the world around me, I can see His from the seed of Abraham. And led them through the wilderness into the promised land. In boundless love and mercy, He gave His only Son, who became the sacrifice for everyone. Oh, God's mercy so amazes me. Oh, God's mercy so amazes me. To every generation, He gives the joy of His salvation. Oh, God's mercy.
Tu amei, Jesus. 